Welcome to the Silver Screen Guide Podcast. Join Corbin and Alan, along with guest hosts, as they bring their love for the cinema to discuss films from every genre and decade. Learn about the history of the film, little-known facts, and insightful explorations while they enjoy discussing your favorite film. The curtain is rising and your podcast is starting. So sit back, relax, and enjoy your guide to the silver screen. Welcome back, listeners, to the fifth installment in our Rocky movie review series. Today we are reviewing Rocky V. This is your co-host, Corbin. And I'm Alan. And as I talked about in your guide to Rocky V, if you haven't listened to that, definitely should because there is a lot of useful information in that um, prep guide for this review that we're not going to talk about here in the podcast. The one big takeaway, though, I think coming into Rocky V is that it took five years to get this movie out in theaters and, well, through production and whatnot, which is weird because Rocky has always had a three-year release cycle, so... I don't know if breaking that cycle um, lent to this movie's kind of poor critical reception from critics, audiences, and in box office. Uh, We'll talk about it, but it's really strange. It is strange because I know what was, I think it was either Rocky 3 or I'm pretty sure it was Rocky 3. They said like the American tradition, right? Every three years at this point, there's been a Rocky movie. Um, Up until five, five um, took more than three years, took five years from 1985, which was for Rocky IV, and released and this one released in 1990. So, yeah, it's interesting that this one took as long as it did uh, to be to come out. Um, yeah, it's it, it kind of breaks that I guess three year cycle that this has had pretty much consistently since the beginning. And you know, Sylvester Stallone is stepping down from the director's chair for the first time since the first movie. And I guess it only makes sense he would step down for none other than John G. Alvidson, who got who directed the first movie and received a Best Director nomination for that. So it's interesting to see him step down. It seems like they're kind of retooling some stuff, which is weird considering Rocky Four was the highest grossing film in the franchise ever. We can look back and say the franchise really wouldn't go higher than that. Uh, now, <laughs> as far as it was received critically, um, it was received either very poorly or mixed, depending on who you asked. Um, it, yeah, it was mostly on the lower end, except audiences love it and still love it to this day for that kind of nostalgic 80s cheesiness. As far as if audience have that kind of 90s nostalgia for this movie, we'll talk about it, but eh, I don't know. Also, if you're ready for us to just jump straight into the review, Thanks to Alan's magic of editing, timestamps time are in the description below as well. So make sure to explore down there. We got uh, curated content for you, a uh, link to our Patreon page, all of our podcast links, all of our uh, social media links as well. So we really try to put a lot of content in there for you just past kind of a fun description explaining to you what this episode is all about. Also, if you are listening on iTunes right now, go ahead and leave us five stars. That is a great free way to help us get Noticed by others looking for a movie review podcast helps us get recommended, noticed in the rankings. Um, and if you're not listening on iTunes, no matter where you're at, please leave us a positive review. Like I said, Patreon page, that gives a great way to give you, to give you bonus content. And it's a great way to just financially support us because it does cost money to make this, but we love doing it. And we really do want to keep the show free to you. 
Also, one last thing about rating us on iTunes, that is where Rotten Tomatoes looks at in order to verify critics. So that's one of our goals for 2021 is to become verified critics on Rotten Tomatoes. And we do need um, we do need a certain number of uh, ratings on iTunes. So that's just another way to um, really help us out as well. So we don't have to just report on Rotten Tomatoes critics ratings. We're also able to influence that with our reviews as well. Now, jumping into the scores for the film, they're not pretty. Um, in fact, we've got a lot of series lows here. Um, Letterbox is at 2.3, which uh, if you'll remember, Rocky 4 is a 3.3, a uh, major, major drop. Yeah, that's below that's below half too. That's below what IMDb, IMDb would consider 50% because half is 2.5. So that's not looking very good. Yeah, and remember Rocky Four, despite its poor critical reaction, had a six point nine on IMDb, which really isn't too bad. Uh, Rocky Five, on the other hand, has a five point three. Ooh, uh, yeah, major drop from that six point nine. Absolutely, that's not looking too great. Unfortunately, uh, uh, that's not looking too good. <laughs> no, uh, Rotten Tomatoes critic score of twenty nine percent. Uh, considered rotten only uh, 29%, 31% audience rating. So this is one of those Rocky movies where critics and audiences finally agree. It took five films because usually they're kind of close or pretty far apart. And a Metascore, okay, here's the silver lining. Metascore mm -hmm. jumped up 15 points from 40 to 55 compared to the last film. Dang, that's interesting because uh, we, we know Metascore is usually the more critical of all of the ratings here. Um, so that's 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 surprising. A little bit of hope, but so far seems pretty much all across the board with kind of the, the exception of Metascore. Scores are not looking very good. Um, critics and audiences both seem to not be very fond of Rocky V, which again is, you know, I'm a bit skeptical going into this, knowing these scores are rather low. For, for Rocky Five and what we've seen before, you know, I, I'm not entirely sure what to expect, but my hopes are not very high, unfortunately. Well, maybe this will get your hopes up. When audiences came straight out of the theater, they gave it an A. Oh, wow. Yep. Interesting. Cinema score. Yeah, cinema score. This is, from what I could find, the very first film to be judged uh, on cinema score. So straight out of the theater, audiences enjoyed this film. They liked it. Wow, so that's interesting. That paints a very strange picture. Then uh, we we do note that cinema score is typically very high, um, at least compared to all the other rating systems, especially ones that are more focused on the audience. That is surprising, though. An, an A, hmm, that's very surprising. So those are the scores, but like, what what kind of money did did Rocky Five make? I, I I'm expecting the money to be around what we've seen before. Makes quite a bit in the box office. <laughs> yeah yeah you would uh you would think uh oh well nevertheless to this point rocky five had the biggest budget uh 42 million dollars quite a bit bigger than the 28 million dollars um it didn't really pay off opening weekend um rocky actually came in at number two at the box office mm. um which is kind of too bad i guess considering um the previous films were kind of going on a streak of opening at number one um, a much lower opening uh, gross this time at only $14 million. Um, and uh, compared to last time, which was $19 million, So 
uh, you could just tell people really weren't as keen. And this uh, opened in the number of theaters. It opened in 2,053 theaters, which is about 700 more than last time or even more. So it had a very big opening, uh, especially compared to last time. Now, you're wondering what in the world beat Rocky V uh, at the box office. Well, maybe you've heard of it. It's a little film called Home Alone. Oh, yeah, that's right. It is 1990. Yeah. So Home Alone came in um, number one that weekend. Also, remember, um, this is uh, coming out the uh, not very long before Christmas. Excuse me, Thanksgiving, about a week before Thanksgiving. So um, Rocky Five doesn't have anything to do really with Thanksgiving or Christmas. Home Alone is that Christmas themed um, type movie and it's John Hughes movie. So it was really big at the time and still is today. Now, coming into the number three spot was Child's Play 2. Number four was Disney's The Rescuers Down Under. Number five was Ghost, which we might review next year. Uh, yeah, we'll see. If, uh, <laughs> if It all depends on if the films we're looking to review actually come out in theaters. Right. And Jacob's Ladder, which we have reviewed, was uh, yes. number six at the box office. Now, as for how much money did this, um, well, okay, according to what I could find on the internet, Rocky V was only in theaters for seven weeks. That's surprisingly short. That's why, it's almost two months. That's the shortest any Rocky film has ever been in theaters by a lot. Compared mm. to including some sh um, small re-releases for Rocky IV, Rocky IV was in theaters for 57 weeks. Wow. <laughs> it was huge. It was huge. And so domestically, um, I would say this movie uh, was pretty close to being a bomb, if not a bomb. It grossed um, $40.9 million. Remember, it had a budget of 42. Yeah, domestically, that's definitely considered a bomb. So foreign markets grossed $79 million for a worldwide total of $119 million dollars. Remember, Rocky IV grossed $300 million, yeah. so this is a very bad sign. Yeah, Rocky IV was a smashing success in the box office. Uh, oh, yeah. Surprising Huge. now, it's not so much that way. Maybe audiences thought that with Rocky IV, that was like, you know, the peak of Rocky. And for one reason or another, which we'll get into here in a little bit, audiences were not very keen on coming back to see Rocky for a fifth time in the theater, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> that seems to be the case here. Money is not too, doing too great. This is most definitely the a bomb for Rocky. But the question is, would we be interested in going to see it at the theater? So based off of the theatrical trailer, Alan, it's 1990. You're uh, the movie's only PG. So let's say you're old enough to go see it. Are you going to be in theaters? You don't have much time. Yeah, um, probably not. I'll probably skip this. Um, judging by A, how many Rocky movies have come out before this, just to begin with, um, and B, I've already not been very excited to see those other ones anyways, and we both were kind of on the same page. We're not very, we were kind of sour towards Rocky Four last week. So probably not. I probably wouldn't sit in the theater uh, with for this one. Um, I'd probably wait for it to come out if I even get uh, if I even want to watch it at all. It also should be noted that the trailer paints a very different picture for Rocky. Um, it paints it like going, it's going to be another brawl between two fighters when in reality it goes a very different route. So uh, that was also very interesting that I noted from at least the trailer that I could find to watch. 
But yeah, you took you took yeah. the word right out of my mouth because I put the trailer paints an inaccurate plot. Mm-hmm. And it really does. So for me, I am intrigued by this trailer, but I probably wouldn't go see it opening weekend since I would rather see Home Alone. Yeah. Um, and honestly, honestly, I would rather go see Child's Play 2. I think that movie's pretty fun. Um, and I would also rather see Rescuers Down Under <laughs> Jacob's Ladder. <laughs> so you've got a few choices. <laughs> I've got a lot more choices. Rocky's really at the totem pole, bottom of the totem pole for me. Um, I probably would maybe try and get around to seeing it, but it's, hey, it's 1990. I've got a video rental store not far from me. I can just go pick this one up and skip the theater, especially because you were hearing a lot of negative reaction to this film. And, you know, the trailer also gives a lot of way. Uh, And for some reason it does, uh, without giving anything away before the spoiler jump, it heavily focuses on the very end of the movie. Um, And it really kind of paints the very, very end of the movie as kind of the centerpiece, kind of the hinge where the movie is going to all hang upon and change. And that's really not true. So it was weird how they edited this trailer. Alan, have you seen any of Rocky Five at all? A sliver? No, this, yeah, no, this one I don't know anything about. Um, I I think I mentioned last week, I knew a little bit, I think it was mo- the most I saw Rocky Four was just the line, I must break you from um, from Drago. That was oh, probably yeah. the extent to how much I've seen from Rocky Four. For Rocky Five, I don't think I've seen anything from this. Um, not e- hardly even uh, the poster. So, yeah, I'm... As with every other Rocky movie that we've reviewed so far, I'm pretty much a newbie to this whole thing. The what I thought of Rocky Five coming into it, I kind of actually have to save for Rocky Six because it's kind of a spoiler to that film. So I'll talk about that next week. Stick around if you want to know what I actually thought Rocky Five was about. So I hadn't seen anything for Rocky Five. It was the only movie I hadn't either seen all the way through or seen any of until September 25th, um, 2018, when I just pulled it out of the collection that I have and I watched it with my dad. So in a nutshell, I did review the movie. If you follow me on Letterboxd, you can go back and hear my review from a couple years ago. So the quote that I pulled out from the review is a combination of cheesiness and fun packing a little heart in its punch. I actually gave it a six out of 10 with a straight up recommend in 2018. Hmm. Now, with my SSG goggles on, has my thoughts changed? Also, the thing to remember is I hadn't. I I have all the knowledge of the Rocky movies of the previous films going into this review. I hadn't seen a Rocky movie in many many years, so like I said, I pretty much watched it in a vacuum. But we'll talk about it towards the end of the review, right? Well, listeners, if you haven't seen Rocky Five and you don't want the film spoiled for you, go ahead and click pause right now. Go ahead and check out the film. Come back and click play, and we'll be ready to talk about it. Directly off his plane from defeating Drago in the Soviet Union, Rocky reunites with son Rocky Jr., now played by Sage Stallone. He immediately holds a press conference. At the conference, he is challenged by promoter extraordinaire George Washington Duke, played by Richard Gant, to fight Union Kane, played by Mike Williams, for the heavyweight title. The only problem is Rocky is officially retiring. In fact, Rocky must retire or else he will likely die. See, after the fight with Drago, Rocky couldn't stop shaking and felt he had broken something inside. To further confirm this feeling, he gets a cranial scan which shows he has irreversible brain damage. To make life worse, 
Paul A., reprised by Burt Young, unwittingly signed over the power of attorney to the family accountant who stole all of their money. Now that the Balboas are broke, they must sell all of their possessions and move back into the old Philadelphia neighborhood. Back at Mickey's old gym, Rocky meets a 20-year-old boxer named Tommy Gunn, played by Tommy Morrison, who is ready to prove himself the next champ, despite his ballistic attitude in the ring. Polly and Rocky see great potential in the young man. Meanwhile, Rocky Jr. is having bully problems at school. He has to contend with Chicky, played by Kevin Connolly, which... I knew that was Kevin Connolly, and I just, it was hard for me to take him seriously as a bully. But thankfully, he meets a nice young girl named Jewel, played by Elizabeth Peters. Hoping his dad will show him some fighting moves, Adrian, reprised by Talia Shire, quickly nixes that idea. Therefore, Rocky puts all his time and energy into training Tommy. Little does Rocky realize, Rocky Jr., now going by Robert, is training to fight the bullies to impress his dad, but when that fails, he falls in with the wrong crowd. All the while, George Washington Duke is attempting to stoke Rocky's ego into returning to the ring, something we have seen happen in almost every film now. (laughs) After many rebuffs, Duke poaches Tommy away from Rocky. In this moment, Rocky realizes, thanks to Adrian, he has lost not only Tommy, but his family. Rock makes up with Junior, and Tommy wins the heavyweight championship. The victory is short-lived when reporters call it out as a fluff fight. Rocky is still the true champion. Until Tommy will fight Rocky, he may have the title, but not the respect. Little does anyone realize that this was Duke's plan all along. Duke and Tommy travel to Rocky's neighborhood bar, where Rocky and Tommy duke it out in the streets to fight it out once and for all. After the brutal street brawl, Rocky wins back the respect, his family, and gets a lick in on Duke as the scene fades to father and son running up the Philadelphian Art Museum steps where Rocky passes on Mickey's prized possession, which we just find out about in this movie, to his son as credits roll. So I guess one of the things, I guess the main thing for me that was immediately obvious was the, I guess, change in direction from the typical Rocky formula that we have, right? We've, they've only kind of dabbled in changing it from film to film. But this one, I feel like, you know, they're actually going a bit of a different direction now. Rocky is no longer fighting. He's training somebody to be a fighter. That's immediately interesting to me because, uh, you know, you can go a few more directions. You can take the Rocky character in a few more directions from there, I feel. So that was interesting to me to see, you know, this this formula kind of change a little bit. Now, we've, again, it's not necessarily been anything that's been too different from film to film up until now, but... I would say it's different enough for it to feel at least a little bit refreshing after, you know, going through four films up until this point that have all been relatively the same in terms of structure. Yeah, I agree. I like that they're switching it up finally because it's become quite monotonous. Go back and listen to our reviews and you'll understand our thoughts on that. But I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, Rocky's 14 years older he really is retiring this time and he doesn't step into the ring, which is shocking to watch in a Rocky movie. See Rocky Mm -hmm. not get in that ring. Doesn't mean he doesn't fight, but he's not in the ring. So he is training a protege. He sees himself like, well, now it's my turn to be a Mickey. It's my turn to pass the torch along. And I like how we kind of have almost this Cain and Abel thing going on. If you want to go there where Rocky is ignoring his own son because he's seeing so much more potential 
And it's more so about living vicariously through Tommy than it is anything. And he really misses that bond. So it introduces that family drama, which was kind of touched upon throughout each film with Adrian. They always have a spat. And then once act two or three begins, they come back together, it seems like. So yeah, you're totally right. I think this is smart that they are at least changing up the narrative and plot and introducing new drama into the film. Yeah. And, and with that, you know, they do kind of go back to the film's roots, right? Um, right. They lose their house, their very, their multi-million dollar mansion. And they kind of go back to essentially where Rocky first began. And we do kind of get to retread some of the same streets and same areas that Rocky, uh, that we got to see from the first Rocky film. Um, and so I found this to be, again, kind of interesting because they do kind of go down a somewhat slice of life, more realistic style like they had in the first film. Now, not nearly as, uh, they don't do it as much here, but they do a little bit. And I, I, for what they did explore and what they, what Teresa did go down to going, when it comes to like being a more slice of life kind of movie, like the first one, um, I enjoyed that. I think that this film does look rather good despite, you know, but despite my later criticisms that we'll get into, I think this is one of the better looking Rocky films. Uh, I like seeing like the old shops they used to go to that are just completely trashed, right? Um, you could see a graffiti all over the place. Mixed gym, I like to see, I do like seeing that mixed gym is, you know, it has been used in years and is now a dump. And then Rocky, you know, kind of repurposes it and gets it back up and running again. So I like some of the things, some of the visuals that, we're, that we get to see. I, I like the look of this film, I guess, overall is what I'm saying. I, I found it to be not the best looking film, but at least visually pleasing. I think the visuals themselves are nice. I don't think I really like the way it's it's filmed sometimes, um, especially in the beginning with some really weird colors and close-ups. Uh, I, I feel like we are just missing the touch. I feel like we've strayed away from it ever since Rocky II, but as far as the actual visuals go, maybe not necessarily the camera work, but the visuals. Yeah, I agree. Um, I like them as well. I like coming back to these other places um, because the series really strayed far away into some really kind of gaudy locations that just didn't look good. But I like that as well. Um, Now, as I mentioned, I got to say, I'm pretty okay. Well, first of all, I like that the title scroll comes back. Yeah, we missed that last movie. Yeah, we missed it. And of course, we get a recap. But the very first new shot of this film is a nude profile of Sylvester Stallone. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, that's that's this is true. Uh, it's the first thing we see in this last movie, at least for now, the franchise. Very interesting. I mean, I, I was surprised. I was like, really? <laughs> All right. So, yeah. And uh, I think this movie also moves along pretty quickly. Um, you know, 32 minutes in is when we meet Tommy. I feel like we're already 45 minutes in. Um, they've like covered so much ground, like so much has already happened. Um, yeah. Needless to say, the first uh, act is dense. Yeah. This film movie is rather dense, just kind of in general, but you're right. The first act is also pretty dense just in and of itself. There are many times where I had, there are a number of times where I had to stop the movie to catch up with my notes. <laughs> um, which mm-hmm. is a good and bad sign. I, I think it's a good sign because, you know, there really isn't much downtime in the story. I, I do like that element where 
yeah. versus the last few movies, this one moves along at a much quicker pace. There's a lot more to get through with this one. There's a lot more dense material that it needs to wade through. So in some ways, I do very much enjoy that. I like uh, I like that, you know, there is a more brisker pace to it, even though it's not as long as those older films, at least the first one. Um, it's, you know, it's it definitely has a nice pace to it. I'll, I'll say that. Oh, yeah, it really does. Um, of pretty much all the movies, after, especially since the first two, my attention is probably being kept the most through this movie because so much is going on and there is family dynamics that I'm intrigued about. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think um, Sage Stallone does pretty good uh, as for a kid actor in this role. Yeah, I think there are times where I, I think he's very convincing. Um, there is one scene in particular where I, I don't exactly feel the same way, but I think overall he does do a, a pretty good job. Mm hmm. You know, I got to say, I feel like this is Talia Shire's time to shine, um, especially because, spoiler alert, she is not in Rocky Balboa. Mm -hmm. She does not come back. Um, she's still alive today. and She did not um, pass away. She's still alive and working. Um, but nevertheless, I think I really like Adrian's character in this because Adrian has always just kind of been this support beam for Rocky. She's yeah, never... it's kind of putting it lightly too, I would say. <laughs> yeah, she's never really had much to do except um, in Rocky 3 when she has that, we have that great conversation on the beach. And I feel like she kind of has that as well when Adrian runs in from the pet shop and she's like, I don't mind working and I just wanted to be close to you, which I thought was a really sweet line. And then they kind of have this big talk in the streets. I think that's a great dramatic moment in the film mm -hmm. as well, where Talia gets to really kind of express her um, acting chops there um, and not just kind of be relegated to the background. Uh, now, that being said, there is a large portion of this movie where she just kind of doesn't have much to do. And yeah. it is kind of disappointing that. I mean, Rocky kind of pushes everybody out. So it's really just the the focus has now become on Rocky and um, his son. And they're kind of contrasting uh, controversies. I really would have appreciated a scene between um, Adrian and Rocky Jr. And maybe they kind of had to talk about what's going on. We don't get that. I really am disappointed about that. Yeah, we, it's, this is definitely, you know, a Rocky centric film, just like the last few have been like that. That hasn't changed since the first film, since the first movie. But I, I do agree with you. I think that this is one of Talia Shire's, at least in the Rocky series, one of her best roles, um, because we do get to see her, especially in that scene when they're having the conversation in the street. That was by far, I think, the best scene in the whole movie. Um, again, we noted that in I think it was Rocky two. Um, I think it was Rocky two, whatever they have the conversation on the beach. Um, we Rocky know that three. that was the best scene of that film. Um, so same here when it's just the two of them, you know, talking to each other and like, you know, airing their grievances, you know, that's where these two, this, I feel like, you know, that's one of the best scenes of the whole movie because we finally get to see, you know, Rocky come to terms with whatever he's battling with, right? That, that happens more than once. And I feel like this one is also very much extended, right? It feels there's a long conversation that they need to have and it goes on for a, a quite a long time. And you really do feel, especially in that scene, you really do feel, you know, the struggle that he's going through, especially after what, you know, after seeing Tommy in this really nice car and, you know, kind of succumbing to that materialism as he essentially rejects all the teachings that, you know, uh, Rocky had taught him up until that point. 
So yeah, that's definitely by far the best scene for both her and just honestly in general for this whole movie. That's definitely my favorite scene because it also is when Rocky's character arc kind of comes to a head. That's the climax for his character. Um, it's his character arc in that moment. So yeah, this is by far the best scene. And yeah, speaking of his character arc, I gotta say, I think his character arc outside of the first two films has never been better and there wasn't a very high bar, I will say that, than this yeah. one. Yeah. Because Rocky Three was, he just kind of got, you know, full of himself, a little lazy, a little sloppy. It's just about winning back the title. He doesn't have a character arc in Rocky Four, except to avenge Apollo, I guess. Uh, so many issues with him not really being a character in that movie, for me anyway. Whereas this one, I really like how... It's introducing a lot of family dynamics that are really coming to a head. And it's also, uh, he's also lost everything, which is fascinating to see, which causes even more problems. And he can't fight also, which, uh, because he finally has taken enough brain damage, the, the effects are irreversible. So now he loves boxing. He's going to pour it all into this new guy, this new kid, honestly, he's 20 years old, instead of into his son. So with his arc, I found it to be um, pretty interesting. Now, <laughs> as far as how that's solved, um, we'll talk about that here yeah. in a minute. <laughs> but okay, I do want to talk about the new characters in this movie because I think um, George Washington Duke is a hilarious character. I I think he is comedic gold. I think he is... And I wouldn't, I guess I wouldn't call him funny personally, but I do think that he's a very interesting character. I, I, I guess I like the, I, I like the presence that he brings sometimes, mostly with how he talks because he feels very, you know, it, he feels very political almost. Um, but as a character, I, I guess I find him to be a little bit annoying because he is only that one like persona and just kind of always seems to get in the way. So I, after a while, I find him start to get kind of annoying to me. Oh, wow. So I, I never found him to be annoying. I always found him to just, I found him to be really funny. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you know, this is the direction Stallone gave him was to be Mr. Hammy and over the top. And um, he's based on a real life boxing promoter. Uh, the name escapes me right now. But I don't know. He's well, well before our generation anyways. But so he is. So people like when I did watch with my dad, my dad recognized that. Um, so that was cool, but I, I found some of his lines to be pretty funny. Like, yeah. do you like reaching in your pocket and only feeling your leg? <laughs> and I really like his introduction where he has his own microphone. He just totally takes over the, the press conference and, uh, he just like outright challenges them there and he's always scheming. He is a hokey nineties maniacal type villain, but at least he's pretty enjoyable instead of Drago, which was just kind of a big Terminator-esque guy. Yeah, and I guess this is no surprise, but uh, he is kind of a cartoon, like just kind of what you were saying. He he is very much a cartoon, which is, again, no surprise because Rocky villains have kind of, especially in the last couple of movies, have kind of been cartoons just in general. Um, yep. So he kind of fits in with, with what Rocky has come up against in the last couple of movies. Um, I would say, you know, for what this movie is going for, you know, in terms of like focusing on the family dynamics, which I think is the strongest element to this whole story and trying to keep it a little bit more grounded, kind of with like, like what, like it was with the first film, the character of, uh, Duke of, of Duke is kind of an outlier of the story because he is kind of way out there and is more cartoony, at least to me. 
there's a couple other lines I wanted to mention that made me laugh out loud. Um, was when they told Rocky Jr. you can stay with your uncle because, hey, Tommy, I just met him today. He gets the basement. And uh, Polly says, what am I, a pit stop? <laughs> and um, also at the end fight, Rocky Jr. yells to his dad, knock the bum out. He took my room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like what <laughs> yeah i think my favorite line of this whole movie i'm gonna see if i can find it here yeah here it is is it comes it's it's kind of funny it's it's backwards because it's supposed to be like a serious moment between father and son um mm-hmm. it's when uh finally they're the two of them you know they finally have a conversation the son just outright tells him you know um the line is this Remember when you said to watch out for scams and deception? <laughs> You're the one who should have watched out. Yeah. That's a moment where it's supposed to be like, you know, uh, serious. And I was laughing out loud when he said that. That was, that's the moment when I said that, you know, there are, si- there are times where I feel like the sun does a really good job. And there's times mm-hmm. where I'm not exactly the same way, but yeah. Don't forget, Alan, he did not write that though. <laughs> his dad I know. wrote that. <laughs> I'm not blaming him. I'm not blaming his acting or what, yeah. his direct, what he was directed to do. You know, I am really happy that nearly an hour in is when we get our first montage. Mm-hmm. When yeah, we unlike the last about, few movies where we just, they're almost constant. <laughs> yeah, in Rocky Four it was 80% montage, pretty much. Uh, back yeah, we, At one point we had a back-to-back montage, that too. That was great, too. Yeah, and you know, at least they got it out of the way, though, here, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Because I would say it's about less than five minutes later and we get a second montage. Um, and... Between those periods, we see that Rocky is just wholeheartedly devoting himself to Tommy. Correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't he give Tommy Apollo's red, white, and blue trunks? Yeah, yeah, he does. He yeah. he got those trunks from Apollo, and then he gives them to uh, to his the new guy. Yeah, to Tommy. Yeah. Um. Did you notice the giant little Caesar's ad placement during the during the title fight between Tommy and Union Kane? No, I guess I missed that. Wow. I missed that. It was that. huge. Yeah, I was I was kind of shocked. I love Little Caesar. So mm. I, it was just kind of funny to see that in there. But I do want to ask, what do you think of Rocky's kind of vicarious fight during the title fight? And Rocky's punch in the bag and everybody's really kind of startled by it. I, I do kind of, I, I guess I do kind of like this scene because, you know, you get to, it's, it's kind of a bit more complex because you do get to see um, Rocky like, He's not there for the fight, right? And so you're going to get to see how Rocky, everything that he's taught Tommy up until this point, you know, he does get to see that he, oh, he's using what I taught him, right? Uh, Of course, for reasons that are completely opposite of what, you know, the purpose was that Rocky was trying to teach him. So I do kind of like, you know, seeing him like, you know, essentially playing out that fight as if he were in the ring, right? It's him essentially putting, uh, seeing his life and living through Tommy, Right. That's where that kind of that really comes to a head. So I kind of liked it because you do kind of get to you do kind of get a feeling as to, you know, what Rocky is feeling now that the connection between him and Tommy is definitely separated at that point. And he's not there to, you know, actually be there during the fight as his coach. So I kind of liked it. It's it comes across a little bit, maybe a little bit silly, but I I ended up liking it, I think. Yeah, I thought it was good. I wish they kind of would have kind of capitalized off of it followed up with it because you can see everybody's kind of has these trouble expressions but nothing mm-hmm. really comes of it afterwards um, yeah 
I really wish they kind of would have followed it up with some maybe character moments after that. But you're right. It is fascinating to see Rocky can't. He's not in that ring, but he's always in that ring in all these other movies. He is like the greatest boxer ever in this movie series. And he's kind of relegated to this dumpy basement in these row houses, just punching a bag, watching it on a tiny TV. Mm -hmm. It is kind of a poignant moment to see where Rocky has been and now where he's at. So it's pretty. Yeah. I, li- I like it. Um, now, okay. B- before we get into what I really kind of want to say about this movie, honestly, um, I want to know what you think of the street challenge, the the, the bar fight. The oh, <laughs> I wish you could see. Uh, <laughs> I wish you could see Alan's face, guys. It's so funny. Okay. Um, well, that that also gets into my my biggest gripe of the film. Okay. Before we get gripey, though, I want to say that keeping in line with the tone of this movie, it's it fits in pretty much. I would say it is, yeah. and it, honestly, it's a laugh out loud time for me. It's very funny. Yeah, it, it definitely sticks with the same tone that it's had for the whole film. I, I'll agree with you on that. I'll agree with you on that part. Okay, I, I gotta say, it's a really silly scene. It's Tommy looks stupid in his tracksuit. The line, my ring's outside. Mm-hmm. Since, I mean, I get it. He's like back on the streets now. This is how he grew up, you know, street rules. Um, he gets buzzard flashes around, kind of these weird flashes, visual effects. Um, we get the weird theme song. And then I did find it fun when... Duke says, touch me and I'll sue. Oh, yeah. And then he uppercut punches him. And um, he says, only in America, which didn't make any sense to me. And um, Father Carmine's there blessing him. And it's just unbelievable. Very Saturday morning cartoon finale. Yeah. When Robert Jr. and uh, and Adrian see that. Oh, by the way, this is also live, too. There's a guy, a newscaster right there. (laughs) Yeah. filming it live and it's going on yep. to live TV. That's also an added element to this. When they see this, you know, they immediately run out and they then start cheering on, Ro- you know, Rocky in this moment too, just to add on to to the weird and silliness of this whole situation. You know, and there's also a jazz rendition of the main Rocky theme. Yep. You're right. It just goes into bizarro land all of a sudden where... The climax of the movie, which is very close to the end, is just this crazy street brawl. Yeah. And um, this is this is like my main, like I mentioned earlier, my main gripe of this whole film because I was I was with it up until this point. I was like, okay, this this like kind of progressively kept getting better for me, especially climaxing at the scene with Rocky and Adrian in the alleyway or in the in the street, having finally having that conversation they needed to have this whole time, right? I feel like that was a great scene, especially for the movie that we have, right? And I feel like it just kept getting better. Following up that was Rocky sitting on the sidelines away from where the fight was actually at, watching his part, watching the guy who he trained, you know, essentially win the title, right? So I just felt like, you know, if the movie just ended here, I felt like it would be, it would be good. But then they just keep going and then it delves into this scene where they have a, a fight in the street. And that's when the movie completely lost me. When they got to that point, I'm just like, all right. Um, okay. <laughs> the, I, the movie just completely lost me in that moment. And it did not get me back in at all. Um, for the rest of the rest of the runtime, unfortunately. 
Yeah, you're not the only one to think it should have ended with Rocky with the title fight in the basement. I know a lot of people said that would have been the perfect ending mm-hmm. to the movie. This is uh, not one of those hardcore dramatic movies, though, unfortunately, like it really could have been. Um, you know, I, the movie does kind of win me back when um, him and his son run up the steps together and it's it's sweet. He's given his kid the necklace. Um, I think what I think made it a little more emotional for me was knowing that Sage Stallone, it has passed away actually from heart problems. Mm-hmm. Um, so he passed away in 2012, I believe. Um, so yeah, that's, I'm, I'm backfilling that into the scene, but nevertheless, all right, Alan, are you ready to tear this movie apart? Sure. Well, I am. (laughs) (laughs) I, I am. Lest you think we are giving this film such high praise. I have so many issues with this movie. And the first one is you immediately understand the tone of the film in the very opening with this kind of death knell um, where Rocky has fought so hard. You know, he thought something was broken inside and Mick would say he could feel the angels tugging on him and he can't stop shaking. And the lighting is made for TV and it is not starting off on the right note. And I I never knew uh, Mickey was a fighter, but I guess that's, that might be new information for this movie. Anyways, Mm -hmm. bad start to the movie. Yeah, see, I guess I didn't mind this as much. You know, this opening with Rocky saying, you ever fight so hard that you feel like you break something inside of you, right? I I, I kind of see, I kind of feel that line, right? I, so I guess this opening with, you know, Rocky kind of showing physically that this is the end. He can't really go much farther after what happened with the last movie. I, I can kind of see, you know, where it's going with that. So I, I guess I didn't have too much of a problem with it. Cheesy, sure, but I could see where it was going. I, I didn't mind it too much. Hmm. Well... You know, I do feel like this is a hokey movie, though. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I really think it is hokey. And okay, so I'm going to go ahead and say it. Rocky 3 is a parody of the first two. Rocky 4 is propaganda. Rocky 5 is at times a soap opera, I would say. Yeah, I, I that's, that's fair, I suppose. Yeah, I, I can I can get behind that a little bit. Yeah. There is a lot of sap and a lot of melodramaticness to this movie. Uh, I, I mean, Rocky is now, I don't know whatever you want to call it, punch drunk. His brain is messed up. This is a soap opera having brain issues like this. And the way it's shot is awful. I mean, it is shot like a soap opera of them, you know, very, very melodramatic over the top type stuff. Yeah, and I mean, they've also kind of been building to the brain damage for the last couple, last few movies, at least since, uh, I think since the first one, if I'm not mistaken. Um, like yeah. there was like a line that was dropped in the second one and they kind of mentioned it here and there, but, but they never really fine. actually, what's that? But he's always fine. Yeah, they never really, you know, took it on at all. It was more of, you know, there is like this fear that he could have brain damage, but it, you know, we never actually saw Rocky go down that route until now, until we finally do see that, you know, all the fighting he's done is essentially, you know, has done some damage to him and is irreversible, right? So this is the first moment where now Rocky is physically unable to continue, right? So, yeah. So I, well, I guess I didn't, I, I kind of see it as, you know, somewhat of a logical step, but it's definitely hokey. I mean, I don't think there's much of a way getting around that. It's so hokey. I mean, 
maybe I'll take you upstairs and violate you like a parking meter? What? Yeah. Okay. And, yeah. <laughs> and, Ro- and Rocky Jr. draws that um, that picture of Madame DuPont, his French teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gets racy in this one. I don't know why, but it's weird. And I okay, I got to know what you think of Burgess Meredith is back. After dying in Rocky 3, he's absent in Rocky 4, he's back filming new footage of a memory Rocky has from the very first film, and he gives him his Rocky Marciano cufflink, which becomes a big like focal point token in the movie. What do you think of this? I mean, get up because Mickey loves you, just remember Mickey loves you? Yeah, this, yeah, this is another scene where I'm just like, no. No, that's okay. Um, Because this is one of those things where whenever they make a big like anthology like this, where there's a lot of movies, um, they like to add in as if late in a later movie, add in a scene as if this happened in an earlier movie that we just didn't show. Right. Back to the Future 2 did this um, just Mm -hmm. to kind of give an example. I don't like it when this happens, when they start inserting things and start doing this retcon kind of a thing, especially with the main character, like a trait of the main character, um, adding in this, all this necklace with a cufflink in it. Mm. Yeah, that I don't like. That whole scene is, that whole scene goes on for way too long. Um, not also including, you know, uh, Rocky just sulking as, you know, as he's lost everything for, I, I feel like an unreasonable amount of time in Ace and movie, <laughs> movie time. To end with mm-hmm. this, which just goes on for way too long as like this memory with with Mickey. And then, I, yeah, you're right. The the line, just remember that Mickey loves you. Uh, uh, hokey is the great word for that. <laughs> you know, I understand memories are often nostalgic. We remember them better than they usually are. Mm-hmm. But this is, um, it's really sappy, honestly, because... Yeah. It, it to me it changes Mickey's character dynamic. I eventually they come to be very father and son um, throughout at least the first three films, but Mickey didn't give a crap about Rocky in the first one. And then in the end, it's just because he's a great boxer. But this monologue leads us to believe Rocky is like his reason to keep on living. And um, I really don't li- also like when they introduced um, a new prize possession five movies in and it's never been addressed earlier but it's actually like the family heirloom now it's really big um to me that's that's just manufacturing new drama that really wasn't there i feel like that's really kind of reaching in towards that feels a little desperate i don't like that um so i don't really like this uh, memory now there is some things that i think are just straight up bad in this movie and one of them is the continuity issues once again Rocky gets off the plane from Russia and his son is so much older. I guess I never noticed that. Yeah, I mean, he's wildly older from (laughs) in Rocky 3. I mean, in Rocky 3, maybe he's not, uh, excuse me, Rocky 4. Yeah, Rocky 4 is the one with the robot. Yeah, that one was so bad. He's Mm -hmm. probably around 9 there. Sage Stallone uh, filming this is 14. Um, so anyways, think about it. You'll see it's wildly different. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I get, yeah. I, now that you mentioned it, yeah, you're right. They, he did jump in age quite a bit. I never noticed that. Yeah, mm -hmm. you're right. Um, the other thing that doesn't make any sense is when Rocky has the flashback with Mickey, 
the gym is completely abandoned and run down. Oh, and in yeah. the next and in the next scene, um magically it's fixed. back up. Yeah, it's magically fixed. It's another hot spot. It's jumping just as it ever was. Um mm-hmm. it, technically the gym was left to Rocky Jr. in Mickey's will. So they they own the gym. I did I don't know where they got the funds to boot it back up and hire everybody back on. I don't know. Um <laughs> I don't know. Um, Also, um, you know, I kind of like the scene where Rocky sees himself as Mickey 2.0. Tommy Gunn is Rocky 2.0. But um, Tommy is just too crazy. Also, his name's stupid. Tommy Gunn? Yeah. I, yeah. For a film that gave us Apollo Creed and Clever Lang and Ivan Drago, Tommy Gunn is stupid <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's not as uh catchy as those other names I'll, I'll give you that you know tommy gunn's hanging around like bad breath just won't go away <laughs> and he's too wild he's too crazy but he hangs out on the street and then it's just really awful line delivery um rocky comes out and he says why are you still hanging around kid can i do something for you no oh, yeah are you kidding me you just told him to get lost and now you act like you just had short-term memory loss so that leads me into a question, Alan. What do you think of Rocky's character in this? Because he's supposed to have irreversible brain damage, which makes him kind of loopy and goofy for the first part. But, you know, as maybe it's supposed to excuse his bad behavior. I don't know. Rocky just kind of fl- floats between um, goofy and punch drunk and kind of saying, I don't know. Yeah, I... So I noted that, I think I noted somewhere in my notes here, that he started acting a little bit like he was in Rocky Two, which I noted that I did not, one of the reasons why I didn't like the movie nearly as much is because I didn't like how the character of Rocky was portrayed, right? And there are moments where I feel like he does kind of go into that realm. Um, I think the best, one of the best examples of this outside of this one moment is when he's having that big conversation with the son in the house, Um, he feels like he's not being a parent. He's just being yelled at by some kid, um, and just taking it and he's taking it all like on the shoulders or whatever. So when it comes to his character in this, um, I find that, you know, the struggle that he goes to to be intriguing. Um, and I don't know, I guess I didn't really have too much of a problem with how he's acted for the most part. Right. Especially in this one scene where he's like, just kind of you know, tossing off Tommy as if he's nothing or whatever. Um, this scene was also very strange because there were there were so many elements moving because you've also got, uh, of course, Tommy is the one, first one who shows up. And then you've got uh, Duke coming out and trying to coax uh, Rambo or Rambo, Rocky again. Then Adrian <laughs> comes out of nowhere. You know, there's so much going yeah. on in this one scene that it's just, there's also just way too much happening <laughs> at the same oh, time. Yeah. You're and when totally it comes back right. around, Tommy's also still there. So I, I guess oh, yeah. I have too much of a problem, but I can. That scene I, is ridiculous. I did make yeah. a note of that where Rocky and Polly are just happen to be outside of Mickey's gym. Okay. Somehow Duke and his other guy just show up at the same exact time. Mm. Adrian comes running in from the pet shop and our new main character, Tommy also just so happens to, they all meet on the same street corner at the same time of day. It's, it's utterly ridiculous. I understand for the plot, that's what they wanted, but 
it's wildly unbelievable. Yeah, there are a number of conveniences in this one. I feel like Adrian also comes to Rocky's rescue way too many times. Like this is not the this would not be the first time that she's done this. This happened before uh, when he first got off the plane as well from from Russia. Um, and then yeah, we already mentioned it. You know, with what money did they rebuild Mix Gym? You know, after they like lost everything, it, there are just a number of like weird things, like conveniences and stuff that they just should have just don't even address that happened in the film. Um, which think, is also kind of silly. Well, just what I can't understand about Rocky's character in this is he, we open up with him saying something's broken inside. Mm -hmm. You come to find out he does a brain scan. He has irreversible brain damage. Rocky Jr. says, Hey, uncle Polly or Hey mom, do you think there's something different about dad? Because he's just acting goofy. He's telling silly jokes. He does this thing where he pulls stuff behind people's ears and like every other scene. Um, you know, like I said, he's telling these kind of childish jokes. And um, so you're leading to think is Rocky like mentally handicapped now? What's going on with him? And I would say that's largely dropped from the plot. His um, almost childlike personality um, quickly goes away. I just don't know why they incorporated it and made such a big deal out of it. Um, within the first bit of the movie and quickly take it away. I, I don't know his character. I just can't peg it. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're right. They they do definitely like bring it up in that first act. And then once they lose everything and they move back to their old neighborhood, it's essentially gone <laughs> at that point. Uh, well, they don't really bring it back. The other thing that I found to be pretty dumb was Rocky can't do any kind of like endorsements or commercials or anything. Because they will look up his criminal past and and what? Who's going to sue him? What, what's he going to get in trouble for? Pretty sure they don't have any evidence and the statute of limitations has run out. This movie comes up with way too many give me's or excuses for their situation. Oh, yeah. And not to mention that the the whole situation is also just kind of confusing. There was like their real estate agent came over and talked to Polly and Polly signed a paper that essentially was going to, what was it like, uh, help power with their taxes. And yeah, it ended up being a power oh, yeah. of attorney. Yeah. And they sold their house, um, tried to sell it and flip it to get money back. And that's how they lost everything. Like, why go to that? Ex why go to that extreme to explain how the, the Balboas lose everything? Right. Why isn't there? Why isn't there a more simplified process to explain how the Balboas end up in the situation where they have to move back to the same neighborhood that they came from? Right. That's why I really think this very much plays into a lot of soap opera tropes where their accountants stole their money and now they're broke and mm -hmm. he's got brain damage. And now they're poor again and they can't afford anything. And they've got all these family drama troubles, which is a staple of soap operas. So not just that, I feel like their acting comes through like that, but a lot of the story elements feel that way as well. So I, I don't like it. Um, the other thing is, I don't think uh, the camera work in this is sometimes it's okay. It does feel like um, it feels like nothing from. Um, Rocky one or two, I think that camera work has kind of been evolving with the times, um, kind of keeping up with everything like we talked about. Um, there's some really bizarre, um, crazy shaky cam mm -hmm. um, during the final fight. Um, if you'll watch, there's like some scenes where people are yelling, namely Rocky Jr., where the camera like vibrates like crazy in their face. Um, there's a wipe cut, which I thought was weird and awful. Um, so yeah, editing and cinematography in this movie, I think are not good. 
Yeah. I'm curious to see what, what do you think of the character of Tommy? Um, uh, just out of curiosity. I'm, I'm curious to know. So Tommy is actually Tommy Morrison was a real life boxer that wasn't an actor and uh he <laughs> had to quit boxing because once he tested positive for hiv nobody wanted to box him ah uh, yes that would that which would is really sad see why. Uh, he looks goofy with his mullet and i think he's a terrible actor and um he's kind of this dumb fun addition to the movie but um yeah i think he's really hokey and terrible at acting yeah, I I agree. His the acting is yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know uh, you I, I agree with you down. there. Yeah, he his character is interesting because you know he essentially falls into that trap that Duke was trying to get Rocky to fall into this whole movie, right? Um, so I, I do find it interesting that you know he falls victim to the materialism that essentially makes up that of the character of Duke. Um, that I, I like, but I also think like, you know, they try to play off their relationship between Tommy and uh, and Rocky as them being more tighter and more, you know, developed than what they actually are. Right. So when it comes to that moment when Tommy just drives off in in that vehicle, that new car with the pretty lady, it, they're really I don't really feel much. Right. I don't feel like there was like a big loss between the two of them because most of their development was done in montage, unfortunately. Um, so, I mean, I like I guess I like where his character goes, but as, a, as like an overall package, it feels like an afterthought almost like, you know, this was something that they added in like late into the, the scripting process and then eventually worked around it. I don't think it's, that it has a very big degree of importance when it's all said and done, unfortunately. That's mostly just with the character himself. It's mostly centered around Rocky, obviously. So I like his character to a certain degree, um, but as an overall package, eh. I like that Tommy is opportunistic and ungrateful. And I think that's a nice twist considering how quickly Rocky takes him into his home mm -hmm. and makes him his protege and really replaces his son with him. And I do like how it's contrasted between Rocky investing so much time in Tommy, who ultimately will betray him, and he's losing his son in the process. I think all of that works pretty well. Yeah. But I will say that you're right. That relationship isn't developed enough to... I, I mean, honestly, at this point, though, like I said, I feel like this movie's so hokey and goofy that I'm not looking for any real character depth or character betrayal or motivations or anything of the kind. Um, but you are right that there is a lot missing over there in order to make that uh, believable or to maybe not even believable because I guess I believed it just fine um, because you can see Tommy is more intent upon winning and Rocky is more intent upon kind of filling that hole in his life. I think I can see all of that. Um, there's just not really a emotional weight to it. There's emotional weight to Rocky and the distress between his family, but not between Tommy. Yeah, that's most definitely the main focus of this whole movie is Rocky versus the family, right? You know, right. it's that, you know, him neglecting his family, his responsibility. It's somewhat of like an extension of Rocky II as well, you know, where he, Rocky II was mostly about like finding the balance between love and responsibility. Um, Rocky yeah. Five has a similar, like, similar train as well but it's on a different track right it's you know his it's more about of 
more about a guy going through a midlife crisis almost um trying to find you know between that between the passion and love of this family living vicariously through somebody else for somebody that, something that he used to do right so there are still elements of what was in Rocky too, but they take a, a much different path to get there. And those family elements, I feel, are much definitely the strongest elements to this whole movie. And seeing, you know, I, while it, I feel it was very predictable, seeing how hit, how Rocky, you know, training Tommy loses essentially essentially loses his family in the process, um, and then having him having to regain it, that I found to be, you know, at least intriguing to the, you know, at least. At least intriguing, right? Tommy, not so much. The relationship between him and Tommy eh, is not so much. So, yeah, that's the the family stuff is by is by far the most important and most uh, most developed in this whole movie. And I would say most intriguing to me as well. Well, before we get to our final thoughts and recommends, I got to know what you think of these ending credits. The entirety of the ending credits are black and white photographs of all five movies with. Elton John performing The Measure of a Man. I gotta know your thoughts. Ah, uh, yes, uh, Elton John. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I, 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 uh, I guess I ne didn't necessarily care too much. It reminded me a lot of Rambo. Um, weirdly reminded me a lot of Rambo because Rambo did do this a number of times in its movies where it had a song playing in the background while there are pictures and such. Um, so... I didn't care for it too much. I usually don't always watch the credits, um, but just kind of adding on to that hokiness, you know, just kind of adding on to, you know, what kind of silly movie this has already kind of been up until this point. And I think it adds, I think it showcases the finality of this Rocky five. It's like, we've come this far. This is where we're ending. At least that's the way I took it. Mm -hmm. um, I found it to be uh, kind of nauseating to sit through. Um, I didn't really want to sit through it. I, I just fast forward through it and I found the song to be awful. I didn't think <laughs> it could be worse than Rocky four with, um, whatever that awful song was. Um, I think this song's awful. Uh, the Rocky song started so strong and they have fallen so far. Mm. I mean, at least we do get the, uh, you're, at least we're going to get, you do still get going to find now back. That's nice to have. Like we missed it in the last one. Hmm. Well, the one last thing, if you stay to the end of the credits, you do get to read, we wish to express our gratitude to the Soviet government for granting us the use of their Aeroflat jet. Interesting. So a movie that was all about trashing the Soviet Union in Rocky IV, now they express their gratitude to the Soviets. <laughs> Got it. I mean, they wouldn't, they would, they wouldn't stay, you know, the Soviet Union wouldn't stay together for much longer after this film released, so... Oh, yeah, I I thought by this point it was done, so I'm kind of confused. Um, but you're right; it's it's either collapsed or on the brink of yeah, just uttered collapse. But uh, I think we've said enough, Alan. <laughs> what is your rating and recommendation for Rocky Five? So I'll say okay. I, I guess I'll say this: um, the first and third act of this movie are extremely weak. The second act is much stronger than the other two and i think it's because we do we are developing the struggle between rocky and the family and rocky with with tommy well i don't think rocky with tommy is just, is not even close to being as strong as what that is with the struggle with the family 
it is still there. And there, I found the second act to be a lot more intriguing and a lot more engaging than the than everything else in this film. And so when we do build to that moment when, you know, Rocky and Adrian are in the street, I felt like that was like the climax. And I was thinking, this is the climax of the film, right? This is this is like one of the last scenes that we're going to get. And while that is true, the last scenes we're going to get with Adrian and Rocky is not true for the rest of the film because then it just nosedives, in my opinion, it just nosedives into that final that final act, which for my, in my opinion, pulled me right out of the film and almost essentially ruined it for me, which is supposed to be like this big finality for, for the character of Rocky. I was not a fan of the ending at all. And that ended up souring this film quite a bit for me. So there are a lot of things that I do. I did end up really enjoying with this. And I'm glad that Alvinson was able to come back to direct this because I feel like he does add that realism that was sorely missed in the previous films. So at the end of the day, I think I like it more than I don't. Um, there are a lot of conveniences. There are a lot of continuity errors um, in this film. But I feel like as an overall package for the things that it does well, it does pretty dang well. That being the family stuff. Of course, things that it doesn't do so well is also, you know, brings it down a lot. But I think at the end of the day, I want to give it a 5 out of 10. Uh, I don't think I'm going to recommend it. It's kind of right in the line for me, but I think I'm going to go for a no. Coming back to this film for the second time in two years with the rest of the series fresh in my memory makes me realize two things. It's better not having seen the others in a long time when watching this, and this movie is better than three and four. I understand this is considered the worst in the franchise, but it did have me laughing at times I probably wasn't supposed to. It actually has a story as compared to 4, and I found this one to be more engaging than 3. Don't get me wrong, this is a bad movie, but it's so bad it's good. Unlike 3 and 4, where I found myself constantly clock-watching, these colorful characters and family drama kept my attention during this efficient runtime. All of that being said, I'm giving Rocky 5 a 5 out of 10 with a mild... You know what? I'm going to give it a mild not recommend. Okay. If you are in the mood <laughs> If you are in the mood for a corny 90s time, then you can't go wrong with this one, but otherwise there's really no reason to spend the 104 minutes. So yeah, it sounds like we're pretty much on track with mm -hmm. this one. We're on the same page. You know, I originally actually gave this movie a 4 after finish really? watching it. I gave it a four because I thought, you know what? I've really struggled because Rocky three, four and five are kind of all on par with me. I was really struggling to decide like, you know, Rocky three has that great last half of the movie with Apollo Creed and Rocky together. Um, Rocky four is awful, honestly. Um, but, you know, I gave Rocky four a four. And I was just, I'm like, well, if I give this one a four, I don't know. So ultimately, I am going to give this one a five. And um, like I said, I found this one to be kind of fun. And I would definitely return to this one before I return to three or four. How do you feel? I'm with you. I, I feel like if I were given a choice to return to one of these, I would more likely return to, uh, return to five more than I would three or four. Definitely. Now, if it were... A decision between all five of these movies, I would definitely return to one. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Before anything else. <laughs> but yeah, I, I agree. I would more likely return to five than I would three or four. 
Well, Alan, I know you like bad movies, like bad movies that are so bad it's good. Is this going to fall in that category for you? Are you going to add this one to your collection? Maybe pull out and watch with friends sometime? Uh, I <laughs> might add it to my collection, but it, honestly, it wouldn't be because of the fact that it is so bad that it's good. I, I, I don't necessarily see it that, that, that way. I think there okay. are genuinely some genuinely good moments in here, but that's if I buy it on Blu-ray, it would have to be pretty cheap. Uh, right now, it's kind of on the fence if I would or would not buy it. It I might, I've, I might, but I don't think I pay for more, very much for it. You know, I would pick this one up even if I didn't own the Blu-ray collection because I mean, this is kind of a tale of two movies for me, where you know, uh, it. It is so bad it's good in a lot of areas, but in other areas there is that like, I can tell there's like a genuine story trying to be conveyed here. Um, but I just don't know if Rocky was so, or excuse me, if Sylvester Stallone was so blind to, to that fact. I mean, I, I mean, it's been five years since Rocky four and that movie was so big, even though I found it to be so awful. Um, I think he was just getting too big for his britches with Rocky and Rambo. And let's face it. Um, the series was done after this. Um, same with Rambo. I think Stallone wanted to move on mm -hmm. to other projects. He was kind of done with, you know, going with these series for such a long time. But uh, as we'll find out, he um, he came back to both Rambo and Rocky, and he just came back to Rambo like last year. Yep. Well, after this, Alan, what do you recommend our listeners check out? Uh, Rambo three, actually. Uh Okay. I think, ah, man, it's been a while since we reviewed that. I mean, it's one of our first, but I remember uh -huh. saying that it definitely explores a character of Rambo a little bit more and kind of in the same vein here, um, but they're both not great films, but they, they are somewhat similar. So yeah, Rainbow 3. I, I think I've already recommended this one, but I'm going to recommend Karate Kid 3 again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you already have. Um, you know, that movie is also a uh, pretty cheesy, but hokey, but they have a very similar dynamic of kind of, um, uh, betrayals between characters that have really become close and kind of siding with the bad guy and then getting one up on the bad guy. So there's a lot between those, which doesn't surprise me. Alvinson, like I said, just came off Karate Kid 3 and yeah. jumped right into this movie and you can see the similarities. So, and I like that movie. Uh, it's pretty fun. Well, the question after the show is, is this movie so bad it's good, or is it so bad it's bad? <laughs> I, I mean, people hate this movie. We're we're like very few giving it a, a I don't know, I don't even know what to say. We're, we Let's say we had some positive things to say, and not many people did. Yeah, that, that is fair. Most of the scores we talked about in the very beginning were very low. Well, like we said, it's going to be uh, 16 years before we get another Rocky film, a crazy long time. Mm -hmm. We are going to talk about it next week, and we're going to give you kind of a kind of our thoughts on maybe why he came back, should he have come back. It's going to be an interesting discussion, especially with my background with the film, so you're not going to want to miss that, because I did get to be on a phone call with Sylvester Stallone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, I was... think you mentioned that a few uh, while back in a podcast we recorded once. Yeah. Yep, when he was promoting it, I got to be on a conference call with him. So you'll have to stick around for that, listeners. Alan, thanks for joining me. Sure thing. All right, listeners, we will see you next week with Rocky Balboa.
Hey listeners, it's Corbin. Don't forget to check out the exciting links in the description below that will connect you with more great movie reviews for your listening pleasure and our YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter page. And of course, our official website where you can read great articles and sign up for our free weekly newsletter. Also, if you want exclusive bonus content such as extra movie reviews, movie commentaries, and our thoughts on the latest movie news and trailers, plus more, then check out our Patreon page. It's a great way to help keep this show free, and it gives you great content that's yours to keep. All of that and more is found in the description below. Don't forget to subscribe whether you're on YouTube, Apple, Google, or Stitcher, or your favorite podcast service. And while you're at it, please leave us a five-star review so other movie lovers can more easily find our podcast. We love talking about movies, and we love talking about them with you. So don't forget to share with your friends and family, and we'll see you next week, listeners. The Silver Screen Guide podcast is edited and produced by Alan and Corbin. Intro and outro music is created by Thomas Rankin. The thoughts and opinions herein expressed are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent those held by Silver Screen Guide. Silver Screen Guide is not affiliated with any company or individual involved with the creation of this movie or TV show. No portion of the podcast may be used without express written permission from Silver Screen Guide. But in a nutshell, um, a quote I pulled out from it was a fun combination of cheesiness and fun packing a little heart in its punch. That doesn't make sense. Anyways, let me reread that. Hoping his dad. Hoping his dad wills how him some fighting moves. Nice. (laughs) Sounds good to me. (laughs) Well, after this, Alan, what do you recommend our listeners check out? Rocky, uh, I almost said Rocky three, <laughs> <laughs> which is which wouldn't be that wouldn't be fair.